0: You are listening to lesbians on screen a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens this season we are delving into the global phenomenon of juliantina i'm sheena my pronouns are she her
1: Hi everyone, excited to be here. Monica McCowan, my pronouns are she, her, as well, and I am a lesbian author and Juliantina super fan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast, but uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of.
0: All right, so when we left off last time, we left uh, Val leaving the hospital reluctantly, when Jules said you should go and there was this implication that she should go and deal with Lucio.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was an awkward conversation all around, but Hules definitely wants a little bit of separation from the situation.
0: Absolutely. All right. So we start today's episode with Matteo coming into Val's bedroom and they're talking about something. What are they talking about here?
1: They are talking about, so he is the husband of Val's sister. So they have always gotten along really well. Unfortunately, Val and Ava don't get along as well. But he is always really willing to go to bat for her. And, you know, the minute all of this has started, she's kind of pulling Mateo into this web with her. So he comes to Val's bedroom, where she is back now, to tell her that he has gone ahead and published the article and really went above and beyond, like says that Who's mom was cremated so it's not like they can go identify a body really is making her happy in this scene um, and is just one of those kind of good characters throughout the show it's always very obvious that he has everybody's
0: best interests at heart he's the kind of brother in law you wish you had she's she says i swear i'll never ever ask you to to publish anything again and he's like you know Val, we actually need to talk kind of because I don't actually feel comfortable publishing this misinformation with my name on it. So he's taking the kind of adult role here and saying, you know, ethically, journalistically, this is not great, but I'll do it because I'll do it for you. And she looks all touched, and, but also a little bit like um, Chagrin at this point, I think. Yeah. He's also warning her a little bit away from Jules and the cartels that are involved in the kidnapping.
1: Right. And, and he very explicitly says, you need to stay away from her. And her answer is, I don't want to. And this is going to be, it's already been a recurring theme uh, with her actions previously. And her maybe saying that to more like peripheral characters, like the police officer. Uh, but now she's starting to have these conversations with people that are
0: close to her. He also doesn't push the matter in a nasty way. And I think she appreciates that. So she's much more kind of open with him, I think, than she is reactive to some of the other people like the cop. Now we come outside and she's sitting in like the best looking hammock ever. Yeah,
1: it's like a bed. It's beautiful with blankets and pillows in it. And it has this like billowy linen top to it. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's the type of place that you would want to spend a day.
0: And she's doing a search on... Love between women. What What is that, right? So she's, she's having these feelings. She recognizes she's having these feelings. And she's doing what everybody does these days, is we turn to Google for the answer.
1: No, I think it's such a good, real moment that... You know, sometimes it doesn't matter how much money you have, how much privilege you have. Uh, I think a lot of queer people feel this way, that access to information and access to queer communities was kind of a, a great thing. Equalizer, or a great way, you know, before you were comfortable telling people that you knew or what you thought you knew about yourself, to kind of explore things online in a way that you know wasn't possible for previous generations. Um, you know, I was just like obsessed with fanfic for years and years and years before I had come out. So I, I, I think that this show. Other shows are getting better at doing it, but there is a realism portrayed here. And this is something I struggle with in writing books as well. You don't want to have, you know, a whole book of just your characters texting back and forth. But that's the reality for a lot of character growth and a lot of relationships these days. So this show is... Very front and center about the characters always being on their cell phones. They play a huge part, but they don't take away from the human interaction that they have together. But, you know, their phones and that type of connectivity is a very forcing function behind the scenes for everything that's happening. And I think, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's not the most important thing to talk about, but it doesn't get a lot of credit how well they do that without it being overwhelming and taking away from the show uh, i think at the end of the day it really lends to it which is what technology should do
0: i actually 100 agree with you and one of the big reasons that i am so avid that i use the word lesbian in things like the lesbian review the lesbian review chat group on facebook and stuff is because i want people who are struggling with that identity because i really struggled with it when i was coming to terms with it myself to be able to find it and to see that there are positive portrayals and positive representation and positive real life human lesbians in the world that you can talk to and we're not that scary and we're okay and find places that you can find self-acceptance so for me what you said is absolutely 100 percent true and it's a big driver for why i do what i do okay so now we're in the car and jacob's taking val back to the hospital i think Are we going back to the hospital now? Yes, she's donating blood.
1: Yeah, and this is... They never really explain how she got rid of Lucho in the last scene they were together, and I guess he did just respect her boundaries and drop her off at home. So she was alone, you know, after that. But things at this point have started to move very quickly where episodes are spanning over days At a time, you know, this is all still the same day, I believe. She was at the hospital in the morning. Now they're coming back. Again, there's always this, now that Val and Hakobo are around one another more, this fear that he's going to run into... Jules at any moment because again you know Hakabo who is Val's father uh the soul of Val's father is in the body of Juliana's father so there's always this this kind of worry as you're watching that they're going to run into each other and it's going to send the
0: the plot in a whole different direction. But he's aware that Jules is around and so he's he avoids at all costs any situation where he could be found out by her. So they've arrived at the hospital now, and Val is trying to give Jacob money to go buy breakfast. She's feeding him again. And he declines and says, no, thank you. And so then she says, if there's something my dad taught me, and this is actually such a sweet moment, because she's talking to her father. It's to take care of people who work for me. I missed that. But anyways, to take care of the people that care for me, basically, is what she's saying. And then he, he looks very charmed by this and says to her oh is this something that he he taught you really and she's like yes my dad taught me and she looks so proud and this is such a beautiful moment between them even though she doesn't know that he's actually her father
1: yeah and what she's echoing there is kind of the golden rule she says I you know I want to take care of people the way that I hope that they would take care of me Yeah, she, this is again just, I've talked before, I I try and be candid about even characters I love when I think there are character flaws, but Val really does want everybody to be happy. There's no malice in her whatsoever. She struggles with things and doesn't you know, necessarily always make the choices that I want her to make, like her inability to extricate herself from Lucho. I think case in point is the biggest one. But she is truly a good person and Her struggles with other people come from her not wanting to hurt them or her maybe not always knowing how to draw boundaries. But at the end of the day, she's a a very, she's an archetype of a good moral person.
0: I think though, having the character flaws makes them so much more real because while she is this almost perfect human being in so many regards, if she was just perfect, she would be much more boring to watch. Absolutely. And I think we talked
1: about this in one of the earlier episodes, but you know, conflict is what drives plot. Whether it's a, a book, a movie, a TV show, you need that conflict. And conflict comes from characters not agreeing with one another or from external forces pressing upon them and forcing them to make decisions. So you know, I know that when the the fandom was popping off when all of this was happening live, there was a lot of frustration at the the decisions the characters made but if everything worked out it wouldn't be much of a show or it would have been a far shorter show or in a much sadder show if people were just <laughs> doing bad things to them the whole time so yeah I, I say what you want about the conflict but everything that was done on this show was done with intent and done to drive the plot forward which at the end of the day made me always able to get behind it even if I didn't love what the characters were doing
0: now but you cared. Yes, I cared deeply. <laughs> I think that's the key though, is I, I think you, whatever choices they make have to be ones that make you care more, not necessarily that you agree with. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's what hooks a person. All right. So now we're in the hospital at the, the sort of reception payment place with Jules and we're seeing what's happening with the payment of her mother's hospital bill. So she wants to talk about paying it in parts. You can see this is weighing heavily on her. Money is always a struggle. She's saying, what's important to me is that you don't stop treating my mother. So then the lady behind the counter is like, don't worry, it's fully paid. So now we've got confusion and frustration and, oh, come on, Val, what are you up to?
1: So she, I think it's interesting. Yeah, she immediately... The woman behind the desk never says who paid it, but she immediately assumes that it's Valentina who paid this bill for her. There's, you know, not a doubt in her mind. And I, I think that's for a few reasons. She doesn't know very many wealthy people and almost nobody knows that, you know, her mother is there. So it's a natural conclusion, but it it's causing some conflict for Hools, but she doesn't have a lot of time to think about it because she walks away from the counter and she sees kind of the silhouette or the back view of Hakobo who remembers in the in the father body um, her father uh, and she starts chasing him and he runs from her and won't turn around
0: so this is the missing father that the gangsters are all after And so she's like, what is he doing at the hospital? She runs towards him, but he gets away. Then she comes up to her mother's room looking very disturbed by this whole thing, as I would be too, honestly.
1: Right, because Alcino brings trouble. That's what he does, whether he intends to or not. That, yeah, that's been his role in Juliana's life, you know, since she can remember.
0: Absolutely. And now her mother's arguing with her, saying it wasn't him. He never wears a suit. Cause she's describing what she saw and mom's like, Nope, it's absolutely not him. And she's getting quite upset at the thought that Jules just won't let this go. That this was Alcino. And right. Poop and, and Chito static. They're looking very awkward about all of this.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, it's such a strangely flimsy excuse from her mom. I think she's trying to placate Jules that it's not him, but also she obviously doesn't want to believe it's him. Like he never wears a suit. But, you know, if you're going in disguise somewhere, wouldn't you wear a thing that you don't traditionally wear? So she's just absolutely unwilling to accept. It's mostly like a mental thing from Lupita that she is just refusing to even have this conversation. As becomes a little bit of a central part of her personality in later parts of the show. She is very stubborn much like her daughter, which is probably where Jules got a lot of that from. But yeah, she, she has just decided that it's not this thing, and so it's not. And that's the end of the conversation.
0: There's always a lot of tension whenever they start talking about Alcino, ever, in any kind of thing. Mom and daughter do not agree, do not get along, do not have similar opinions about him, no matter what the conversation is. And it's like a button for both of them. And she says, she even says to Jules, I actually confused the man on the street thinking it was El Chino. You just confused about this. So Val comes in at this point. Like, I don't know what she was doing because she took really long to get there.
1: To the viewer, you could think that she was down paying, uh, you know, paying uh, for the bill or busy doing that. Yeah, but you're exactly right. I never caught that in the first watch that there's a little bit of a continuity gap.
0: It's not super important or doesn't even bother me. It was just like one of those funny moments. Okay, so. But we are
1: here to go way down the rabbit hole. <laughs> way that done. is what we are here for. <laughs> <Way done.
0: laughs> the minute Val comes in and says, you know, hi, Jules grabs her, goes out into the passage and walks really fast away from her. So Val is forced to run to keep up. You can see Jules is feeling very upset. Uh, Val's talking about the chocolates she brought and how they're supposedly very good.
1: I love this scene so much. It's just so well done. And it's surprising for one of my favorite scenes to be a scene that they're not making out in. (laughs) Whatever that says about me as a person. But yeah, the framing of this shot with exactly to what you said Juliana telling Val to come with her but then forcing her to run to keep up because Val is just not expecting that. You can feel Valentina as she's trying to catch up with her and she's still trying to keep the mood light and you know hey I got you this gift but she can't see the look on Hul's face because she's trailing her and Juliana is just like her mouth is scrunched up and she you know she doesn't even know what to say It's she doesn't want to have this conversation with Valentina but she thinks that Valentina did the exact thing that she said not to do which is to buy her things because she doesn't want that to be what their friendship is about.
0: So she's upset because she thinks Val paid for her mother's hospitalization and so Val's like, hey, are you okay, Juliana? And then she eventually gets Jules to stop, and then she's like, hey. Then there's a confrontation, and Jules says, did you pay for my mother's hospital bill?
1: And I don't even no. think... I think she says, you did. She doesn't say, did you? She says, why did you? She's already pretty much sure that she did.
0: Yeah. Why did you pay for the hospital bill? Though you're right. This, I always thought this scene was quite geniusly played out, because... Trying to convince somebody who's convinced that you have done something that you that is very typical of you that you haven't actually done that thing is not easy, right? <laughs> I love the way you described that. <laughs> but, I don't know, have you been in that situation where somebody thinks you've done something because it's very typical of you to have done that, yeah. but you actually didn't in this case, right? Right. Poor
1: Valentina. Oh my god. And she, was, she comes in there telling Jules that she brought chocolate on top of it all. So she's already done a similar thing. You know, it's a smaller gift. But yeah, everything in this scene screams if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck. It's a duck. But it's not a duck. Yeah. So, yeah, it just leads to a great, you know, I I think playing these type of miscommunications well is always hard, but this is just, yeah, it's a truly standout scene, even given that they're kind of, like, fighting and having conflict.
0: So my favorite moment is her expression of complete surprise, where Val's like, me, I think she even lifts her one eyebrow, like, why would I do this? She just is completely taken aback because from her point of view, she hasn't done this thing. She comes to the hospital with chocolates and she gets bombarded with this accusation that she did something that Jill specifically asked her not to do.
1: Right. And yeah, there's this full on miscommunication, but I love that they're talking about it. They're getting it all out in the air and Valentina is very honest that she happily would have paid it, but she would have asked Juliana first, which I think is so sweet. And it's it's kind of those meet me halfway things. Like she's probably never going to fully change, and she's always going to want to give Juliana things, but she understands now she has to ask first. Um, so that's her reasoning. Her reasoning is, not I would never do that. It's I would never do that without asking you first. And I think that that is so freaking cute. It is. It's adorable, and then. And she's saying, I just found out. I didn't even get the chance to do it. (laughs) And I think there's this moment where she's like, oh, I should have done it or should have asked her if I could do it. But she's as surprised as Hool's is, you know, immediately with Juliana now understanding that she, that Valentina wasn't the one that paid this bill and... And it's not even, you know, there's always like the thing behind the thing. From the way Juliana throws herself into Valentina's arms, it's not about doing it or not doing it. It's clear from her relief that it's about Valentina respecting her wishes. I think in that moment, more than them resolving this bit of conflict they're having, which would obviously warrant a hug, it's her feeling like she has her footing in their friendship or their relationship again that you know they don't need to make it this bigger thing she's just very relieved.
0: And immediately Val starts trying to help her identify who did in fact pay the bill and it's so cute because it's such a sweet genuine relationship between them they're just so genuinely friends first that it just makes my heart happy.
1: Right, and they go. This show plays so well on, you know. I think Juliana we talked about it at the beginning is maybe like eighteen, vowels, a couple years older, maybe around twenty one. But they go from transmigrating, soul swapping bodies, and cartel hitmen to just like being two obvious, almost teenagers trying to solve this like who done it together and yeah it's exactly to your point like they are friends first and foremost love a good friend's so the lover's story love a good enemy's so the lover's story yeah they it's it's just so sweet when they slip back into those moments even after the romantic stuff has picked up between them
0: then Jules drops the El Chino bomb and then walks off leaving Val once again to race behind her Who's El Chino? Wait, wait for me. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. And I think Val's wearing like wedges or something. So she runs kind of funny. Like she's running in heels and never makes it. (laughs) I love it. Everything about it is perfect because it's so in line with who Val is. Like she would obviously be wearing heels or high wedges to the hospital. But if she needs to run after Juliana,
0: she is going to run after her. No questions asked. Nothing will stop Val from getting to Jules, not even shoes. (laughs) Now we're outside uh, and now the cartel guys are at the hospital. I don't know why they're, they're always at the hospital, these people. Anyway, they saw Jacob walking around and so they think it's El Chino. And now there's like drama. Now we're back in the hospital and Jules is doing what she didn't do in the first place, which is phoning reception and asking them who paid. A lot of drama could have been avoided if she'd done this in the first place. Only to discover that it's somebody she's never heard of before.
1: And I think it's interesting in this scene, Lupe kind of has a line where she says that El Chino would rather see her die than spend that kind of money on her. So she is very much like... It's hard to even describe because I really, I don't understand her mental process. They had such a volatile relationship and he was, he's clearly not a good guy. Like he has moments of redemption, but he's very selfish. He's violent. And, you know, she says that clear as day, but then also kind of defends him at other points. And I think that that's something that all is always so complicated for Juliana and informs who she becomes as an adult is this emotional whiplash of, you know, her mom going back to her dad, but also always saying all of these horrible things about him. It's just really hard to ever get a sense that anybody is being genuine or that there are like good people in this world, I think. And it's also, you know, To that point, it's why it's so hard for her to accept Val's love if we're bringing it full circle and to understand that Val really does only have her best interests at heart because what she has seen up until this point is that everybody has an agenda and everybody feels more selfish than giving.
0: Yes, I think you're right. Jules says, who's this Beltran person? And Lupe looks off into the distance and says, my guardian angel and the shot the shots of her reaction she's kind of surprised but it's interesting to see these two because it's a frame of Val and Jules together in the shot and it's interesting because Jules looks surprised but skeptical like there's something else going on here but Val just looks like very happy there's a guardian angel it's so nice (laughs) which I think just shows you very much exactly what you were talking about this very different kind of point of view of the world
1: Right, and they they haven't talked about it yet, and by they I mean Val and Hules. but at the very beginning when Val's father dies, she re- she's reading the book on transmigration, so she's already, throughout this story on her own, been opening herself up to these ideas because she wants them to be true because of this loss, She's trying to find a way to deal with losing her father, so when somebody says guardian angel, she's on board because she wants that to be true, whether it is or not, you know, she she finds comfort in that idea versus Juliana, it just, it upsets her. Um, and again, it's just, you know, her mother not really like taking responsibility or being honest, oh, it's a guardian angel when there must be some explanation in Jul's mind.
0: She's much more the kind of like, if I can't see it or taste it or feel it, then I don't know if this is... You know, and why would things exist to make things easier? Or why would angelic interventions actually exist in my world? Right. Absolutely. You know, they haven't up until now. So now we have an interesting scene where (laughs) Jacob is trying to give Val her charger, but he doesn't want to go into the room. So he's leaving it at the nurse's station. In the meantime, the bad guy who... Has been looking for him is in the hospital, walking around when he finds he sees him at the nurse's station, but he's being trailed by the actual Chino who's now in Beltran's body. Yes, nailed it. And so there's this tension, and everybody's hiding from everybody. It's actually kind of hilarious. It's interesting because Jacob turns around and Beltran, oh, this is where he discovers I haven't seen this.
1: Right. This is where he finds out what's been going on with his body him running amok in the world this
0: is hilarious okay so in the chain of these three guys up the stairs at the top we've got Jacob at the nurse's station halfway down we've got the bad guy who's trying to kill him thinking he's Alcino and at the bottom of the stairs we've got Beltran his body with Alcino's actual soul inside it he looks up the stairs sees Jacob at the top Jacob turns around Beltran's shocked. That's my body. So he's for the first time, realizes that something screwy is going on here. And then he runs and hides because in case his body recognizes him, I'm guessing. I'm not entirely sure what's going on here and why they're having a panic.
1: I think an alarm has sounded. And without going in the room, Hakobo sees Val come toward the door while they're, you know... All of them are in the room, Val, Jules, Panchito, and Lupe, and he grabs her and pulls her out before anybody can see and is dragging her out of there to safety because, you know, things are things are going on in the hospital and they've kind of sounded a red alert. And he's very much gone into protective father mode, although she doesn't know that and she doesn't understand why when she wants to be there with Juliana why he is taking her away against her will that's
0: not his place so he actually stops grabs her head so that she's looking directly at him and says I don't plan on letting anyone hurt you okay and she's looking devastated pushes away from him and walks off I imagine to the car So now we cut to back at the compound where Val lives. And she's walking into the the house looking really upset with Jacob trailing behind her. And she's on the phone. And she's saying, Jacob had the brilliant idea of taking me out of the hospital like I was some hostage. And she's so angry. I imagine she's talking to Jules on the phone. Yes, she is.
1: And she (laughs) is so upset. She's upset at Hakobo because he overstepped this line in their in their lives. But she's also very honest with Juliana that she's upset because she was supposed to be there with her. And she's saying this to Juliana on the phone with Hakobo, like, right there in front of her as well. And she's saying, I am supposed to be there with you. And it's just so sweet and so clear there's no misunderstanding to it she just wants to be there with her and she's yeah starting to profess these very heavy proclamations to to who's to anybody that will listen uh, and this is again going to be a recurring theme throughout the rest of the show
0: and it's amusing because Jules obviously says something on the other side to support the fact that she was whisked away from the hospital Because Val turns around and says, no, Juliana, because I was supposed to be there, okay? And she's interrupted by Jules saying something. She looks incredibly uncomfortable. But you can see that Jules is obviously saying, it's better that you're not here. It's better that you're safe. And so she's being ganged up by these two people who care about her. And she's not at all a happy camper.
1: Right. And she doesn't want the situation to be about her. It's about her being there for Juliana.
0: Which, in its own way, is about her getting what she wants. But everybody is like, actually, in this particular case, what you want is not actually that relevant. We want you safe.
1: Oh, man. I love angry Val.
0: Just side note. I think she looks so incredibly attractive here. Okay, but is there any Val you don't like, is my question to you.
1: <laughs> I mean, if we're going to, like, I could do a definitive ranking. But I think when she gets angry, it's
0: very attractive. So my question is, do you find... Feisty woman attractive generally.
1: Yeah, and feisty is a different type of word because I don't find like crazy attractive. Like people doing unexpected things to the detriment of others or just throwing things into
0: chaos. But that's not the definition of feisty, is it?
1: No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to think of like what somebody who is feisty encapsulates for me because she's not always feisty I just it, I like this scene more so because I don't consider her feisty I consider her resolute and confident in her feelings and she's just so sure that Hakabo did the wrong thing and she's mad at him and she's kind of telling him off because of that she's vindictive in her righteousness I guess would be the the appropriate way for me to describe this
0: but what I like about the way she's doing it, though, is she's she's talking about his actions. Uh, she's saying, I shouldn't have let you drag me out of the hospital in the first place. She's not really being nasty to him and making it a personal thing. Right. And again, she um, says, I have to be there with her. Right. And he's saying that there were cops and criminals at the hospital. There could have been a stray bullet like you were in danger. Ooh. Now she says, who, who do you think you are to make these decisions for me?
1: She says, who do you think you are? My dad? She says, my dad. That's right. And it's, you know, great foreshadowing and just kind of a great nod to everything that's happening because that's exactly who he thinks he is. But she does not know that. But obviously, you know, understands the sentiment of what he's trying to convey with this protectiveness, even though it's misplaced. She thinks it's
0: misplaced. Absolutely. And I think she's fighting with him a little bit because Jewel said to her on the phone, basically confirmed that she shouldn't be there. And so she's having a reaction to that as well. I think it's only partially a reaction to him.
1: Yeah. And then she dismisses him, which is not she says you're dismissed, which is not really a tone that she takes with people or tends to treat them in that way. But I think that she, yeah, she feels very out of sorts. She was sent away from Juliana and if she's not at her baby's side, what is she doing? So yeah, I think you're right. She's lashing out because she's afraid and because she is unsure right now.
0: And very honestly, I would be too if the love of my life was at the hospital with there are guns and people with bad intentions towards her mother and I couldn't be there to help.
1: Right. And I think there's this conversation happening where they get that they have these very strong feelings for one another, but they haven't qualified what those are. And I think she's also frustrated because. She doesn't really know how to put into words. It seems like nobody gets how serious it is, you know, and the language that she has right now is I need to be there with her. You don't understand, but she can't yet just say I love her or I would, you know, do anything to protect her. And even if she said those things, people don't get it yet they don't get that they have more than a friendship relationship happening so they just don't get it and she can't use the words to make them understand it yet so people are kind of trying to keep her away for her own safety uh so I think she's yeah she's getting very frustrated right now Mm -hmm. is what's happening
0: Absolutely. And from Jules's point of view, I completely get it. I also wouldn't want to put my new love in danger when there are bad guys running around. When she's trying to protect her mother, she doesn't want to have to, like, now deal with protecting Val as well, who doesn't need to be there. So I I get it from Jules's point of view, too. Shame man. Poor Val. All right, so now we cut to the hospital and we cut to Panchito and Jules talking about, like, why are the bad guys here? I thought we had managed to persuade them that my mom was dead. And while they're having this intense conversation, Sergio, Lucio, and who is this chick? Nayeli. Oh, yes, the the one from school.
1: The friend, but not friend. Like, Val thinks she's a friend, but she's definitely hooking up with Lucio. But they are all kind of friends.
0: Anyway, the three of them pitch up at the hospital to donate blood and interrupt the conversation that they're having. So this puts Jules into this kind of awkward space where she now has to deal with all Val's friends because they're being nice enough to come and donate blood. By the way, I looked it up. I looked up why blood donation is such a big thing. And apparently in Mexico, it's a real problem to get people to donate blood. So I suspect what's happening is the TV show is trying to build awareness for it.
1: Okay, nice. I do think it's strange continuity-wise, though, that there's just so much that's been going on at the hospital, and yet they let these three young college kids just come
0: in amidst all of this chaos. Well, it's, it's probably later in the day now. Like, the chaos has probably subsided. Okay. I mean, nobody's running around.
1: Right. And if you shut down the hospital every time there was a hitman in there, nobody would ever be able to
0: come or go. So, all right. So Jules takes them off to go donate their blood and platelets, which is apparently a thing.
1: Yeah, this did have a very kind of PSA feel to me when I was watching it because I think there is a little bit of this forcing function for Lucho and Juliana to be together alone, which would almost never happen in the show organically. And for, you know, Lucho to get, To put on this, you know, Valentina's friends are my friends and I'm sorry and apologize amidst all of this. And I think that that becomes important because it just kind of further confuses Juliana and makes her feel a little less steady. Like it's easy when you're kind of running around and somebody is a jerk and you kind of feel like they deserve it a little bit more um, versus seeing him as like this human who's trying to make the right choice which he doesn't give you that many reasons to feel that way.
0: Well, absolutely. And this is why I say he had a little bit of a redemption arc because yes, the fact that he could recognize that this needed to be done and he did bring the friends, he was obviously the catalyst for them all coming to donate blood. And they actually came to find Jules to let her know that he was, they were doing this. So this is why I say I like the complexity of his character. I don't think he was just straight up a bad guy.
1: Well, I think that there's a conversation to be had about is the act diminished because of the reason that led to you doing it? Because I don't think that he's doing it to actually be a good person. I think he's doing it 100% to curry favor with Valentina. But he is still doing this thing that is important to Hool's and is a good thing to do. But he's doing it for the wrong reasons. So... Does, you know, does that take away from the action?
0: I mean, that's a valid point, absolutely. Because there is a moment where, I mean, if they were just going to donate blood just for the goodness of it, they wouldn't have had to come find Jules to tell her they were doing this.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: So, okay. I hear your point.
1: Everything he does is self-serving. And it doesn't mean that it's not a good thing that he's doing. And again, I think, you know, this is... Come find me on Twitter. We can talk philosophy. (laughs) I think that this is – it's a philosophical conversation about is the action still inherently good based on what the catalyst for it is? And how does that change how you view somebody as a person? Like if I just do nice things so that I can take videos of them and post them on the internet so that everybody can laud me as being such a helpful person – it doesn't inherently diminish from the good I've done, but it's not altruistic anymore. It's because I am getting something out of it. And symbiosis isn't a bad thing, but it changes the self righteous aspect.
0: Ooh, it, but this is a very complicated conversation, and I don't actually want to go down the lucha rabbit hole. It's a very I complicated was told, show. Uh, I was told on the f- our first recording that we are not making a podcast about Lucha, so <laughs> on when we go. <laughs> yeah,
1: you, yeah, and I think that that idea can be extrapolated to many of the characters, um, but you're absolutely right. It is something that the the men more so fall prey to. But to your point earlier, even a little bit, Valentina as well falls into that, doing the right thing, but because it's also what she wants, you know, she wants Juliana to be with her. So she creates these situations where it happens. So yeah, everybody does it, but you're exactly right. We're not going to expend more energy right now on Lucho.
0: So now we cut across to the payment section of the hospital again. And Jules comes up to Beltran and she's like, so it was you. You're you're the person that paid. And then they have this kind of conversation. Now, she doesn't know he's actually her father in this other dude's body. Right. And so she's being unusually nice to him. And he's not expecting this. He already has a complex relationship with her.
1: It's strange for Beltran because he's not expecting Juliana to be nice to him because they have a very fraught relationship but she doesn't know it's him and it's clear to the viewer even though if you're just watching the Juliana scene or the Juliantina scenes they Beltran and Juliana's mom Lupe have obviously met out in their scenes that are happening because she has Lupe has a whole plot and story arc you know um, that's going on But yes, this is the first scene where the two of them are having a conversation. They did very, very briefly meet in the hallway when he told her that she was in another room a couple of episodes ago. But this is the first time they're sitting down and really having a
0: conversation. And he's waxing lyrical about being in the right place at the right time to save her mother and, and, and. And she's skeptical about this because life just doesn't work this way but she's you know what can you say to the dude who just paid the big hospital bill
1: and she's yeah she's so confused because rightly so none of this makes sense he he says he was just in the right place to save her mom but then also paid her hospital bill and then when she kind of pushes on well do you just have money lying around he says no but money comes and goes so yes you're exactly right he's giving these like waxy evasive kind of poetic answers about the ebb and flow of the world and hoes is like this is not this is not how my world works like what is your agenda who are you she smells a rat but she yeah again to your point you know he's just done these nice things so she doesn't want to push too hard
0: she makes a point which is she says well my father would never have done this and he you can see he takes this really personally because she's actually talking about him he she just doesn't realize it he asks is that really what you think of your dad and then she's like my dad is a selfish person he's a cheapskate but I don't really want to talk about him so you can see that this is really upsetting him and then the conversation turns to the sighting of Alcino's which is Jacob in the hospital and they've both seen him Right. And Beltram
1: doesn't know who is in his body yet. So there is still this bit of mystery and uncertainty for him. Uh, and also I think he's, you know, he's kind of a, a selfish guy and doesn't like that there's this person running around in his body and he doesn't know who it is. Not only, you know, for his own reasons, but because he doesn't know what this person's agenda
0: is. Plus, if I were him, I would also want my body back. It was way hotter. (laughs) All right, so now we cut to the university. It's first thing in the morning, I'm guessing. Val is saying to Lucio, thank you for donating blood, getting up early and getting the other two lazy asses to get up early. So he's either told her, I'm betting that's what it is, or Jules told her.
1: I think it's still the same day. Is it? Because she's still wearing that overwrap with the tank top.
0: So it must have been very early then before... Because this is the university ramp.
1: Right. And this, this is what I mean about like viewers previously going down the rabbit hole. They would count the number of days that had eclipsed in the show thus far based on what the characters were wearing because you just get so many back to back to back scenes that it's hard to really understand how much time is passing.
0: So now Lucia opened the conversation with talking about what a good guy he's been to Val's friend. And then he turns to her and looks her deeply in the eyes and says, Val, I don't want to lose you. And the look she gives him is complex. How would you describe that face? I mean... That's her stubborn face.
1: Yeah. jaw set like...
0: Right, so she's already made up her mind. And he's trying to sway her. And this is the face she gets when she's digging her heels in. But then he keeps talking and you can see she softens. And before she can answer him, her phone rings. She walks inside, it's Jules.
1: But I think that the show does such a great job with this because you could think it's just like, oh, a good reason to cause conflict and break that scene up so we don't get an immediate answer. But I think it's even better than that because they're having this moment where he's like, I don't want to lose you. And then Juliana calls. So it's, you know, it's a representation of this thing that he's actually already lost her to, this other relationship. He's just too stupid to know it because he doesn't see Juliana as a threat, which is his problem. But it's it's a very cinematic moment there where then... Valentina goes from her stubborn, grumpy, like stoic face to turning around. Lucho's now in the background of the shot, like we're in portrait mode. You know, Valentina is very clear and he's kind of blurry and she's smiling. She's beaming immediately within seconds of being on the phone.
0: She's also got both hands up touching the phone as if she's trying to touch the connection to Jules, which is just a beautiful piece of acting.
1: Right and she's kind of hiding what she's saying from Lucho even though he can hear it's like a it feels private.
0: We're intercutting between the shot of Val and the shot of Jules in the hospital telling Val uh, having the conversation on the other side she's leaning against the wall she looks kind of despondent and she's saying to Val that they're gonna have to leave and they're gonna have to go somewhere where are they going? Maramoros? She's saying they're gonna have to leave the city. Val's like why you can't leave. So her hand comes down from the phone immediately when she starts being disappointed. You can see that connection is severed. She's very worried. And I think she's forgotten at this point that Lucia even exists.
1: Oh yeah, completely an afterthought.
0: And Jules is saying, we actually don't have anywhere else to go. They'll find us if we go back to the place we were staying at. And then before Val can say much, Jules has to go because the doctor's just arrived. So Val has... She went from
1: having this conversation with Lucho where he's telling her he wants to be everything for her to getting a call and kind of leaving him hanging and finding out that Juliana might be moving away. And from what she's saying, they are moving away. Lupe is sure that things aren't safe there and that they need to get out of the city. But then Jules has to go. So she hangs up and Val is just kind of like, beside herself and runs away from lucho won't even finish the conversation that they're having you know obviously cannot be bothered to talk about something like her actual relationship with lucho when her future with her soulmate hangs in the balance
0: so she runs away halfway through lucho's like but you're going to miss and then she's like i'll explain later and she flees down the ramp and we see him looking very unhappy cut to a close-up of her hands with her cell phone and the picture of her and Jules from the party and i think that's where we're going to end today's episode
1: yeah because this is part of the bigger next scene but yeah it's always a nice scene to end on and again the use of cell phones so well to to convey something it's a picture of them from the party oh.
0: and she had made the picture bigger so that it was just Jules in the frame
1: She zoomed in on her. So sweet.
0: But we'll pick up with that next episode. All right. Awesome. You're listening to Lesbians on Screen. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you online?
1: Very socially active online. Uh, Just depends on what channel. Uh, So Twitter is my jam if you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that i will communicate back so it's at monica mccallan and that's on twitter i do have a facebook fan page and i have a website www.monicamccallan.com but for sure if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff twitter is where you can find me
0: thank you for listening to lesbians on screen a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.